You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. Then suddenly, this woman comes on, smiling at you, right? And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. Someone knows you've watched it, and what they say is, you will die in seven days. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies you watched growing up, the ones you're nostalgic about, and we watch them objectively, let you know, are these movies any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week, we watch 2002's supernatural horror thriller, The Ring. The Ring, Zach. Ah, uh, the Ring. Before you die, you see it. <laughs> when, was, <laughs> when was the uh, the first time you saw The Ring? Have you been a fan of this movie this whole time? Or? No. Um... <laughs> No, I saw it in middle school, and it was one of those movies that was going around, kind of like when Paranormal Activity came out or The Blair Witch Project, where everybody was just saying how it was probably one of the scariest movies ever made, dude. Um, and I think I streamed it illegally. Streamed it illegally? Back in the day, back in the early 2000s? Like fucking Napster mm. or LimeWire? That's dangerous. Yeah, dude. LimeWire, probably. <laughs> Who knows how many viruses my computer had. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you're not dead in seven days, man. Felt like it, though. But yeah, this was a movie that just everybody was talking about. And one of those things that you had to see. um, And I even then remember not really being impressed by the horror of it. Maybe people just talked it up too much. I don't know. Well, I think that's probably what the case was, because everyone in middle school was fucking hyping this movie up. I mean, everyone was talking about The Ring. And so I remember seeing it in theaters probably the week of Halloween with my family. And, you know, I had a a small VHS collection, but this was the very first DVD. This was my jump into, you know, I guess high definition. (laughs) And for people who don't know Brandon, Brandon has quite literally about three walls of Blu-ray and DVD. I mean, so it started with The Ring, which is kind of depressing <laughs> yeah man 2600 titles later the, the thing is is despite being a, a pretty big fan of this movie and thinking genuinely at the time that it was scary i have not seen this in 15 years at least easily yeah easily maybe more yep but it was a movie that you you know i i remember watching it uh, i would sleepovers i watched several at several different sleepovers and i would watch for two or three years probably from 2002 to 2005 i watched this movie a shit ton have not seen it since I'm pretty sure I only saw it this one time. Just the once? Yeah, well, it's a horror movie. And I, the fact that we're doing a horror movie, you know, a week or two after Halloween, <laughs> classic NBD fashion. Yep, classic NBD hiatus. We promised a Halloween episode. Here we are in the first week of November. Um, and, and an even scarier situation is playing itself out. <laughs> yeah, it's even worse. Uh, we're in day three of post-election, day two of post-election. <laughs> um, just waiting on Nevada, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. <laughs> Anytime, you guys. <laughs> anytime. Yeah, anytime, really. So, yeah, and uh, I'm not feeling great in general, so excuse my voice and my overall attitude. <laughs> it sounds good, man. It's all good. Yeah. Well, this is a remake of the 1998 Japanese horror film Ring or Ringu, based on the novel of the same name by Koji Suzuki. Have not seen the original in fact, I didn't really watch any of those original Asian horror films that undoubtedly and sadly got turned into fucking 
awful English mm. language remakes. I saw the original One Missed Call. One Missed Call. Okay. Yep. Uh, pretty good. And I think I've also seen the original Grudge. Oh, yeah. See, no, not, honestly, they just don't scare me. I remember seeing previews of the remake of The Grudge and the little boy just like meowing and walking down a staircase backwards. And I'm like, I just don't, there's nothing about this that frightens me. But The Ring, the idea of this urban legend of a videotape that killed you in seven days, I fucking like it, man. I like the hook. So I was in. I mean, yeah, uh, the concept of it, I remember being super scary. Um, Doesn't really hold up now, though, with, uh, you know, VHS tapes. It is a very dated film, I'll say, with its early 2000s technology. A lot of landline use in this movie. <laughs> a lot of landline, yeah, for sure. I don't know how this movie plays in, you know, 2020 with a cell phone. You get a text, <laughs> you get a text yeah. Ew. You get a text and you're just like, I don't know who this is, and you're just wrong number, and then you just hang up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess you can kind of figure out what this premise plays like in uh you know modern times because there's a remake or a a soft reboot sequel about a couple years ago called rings which i did not see no and uh i also didn't see this film's sequel either this had a sequel called the ring 2 which i i did not see as well again because i was kind of over it by the time the that movie came out (laughs) yeah i don't think i went and saw it either because yeah that was 2005 yeah oh definitely didn't see it then wouldn't have cared (laughs) But this one here, it's directed by Gore Verbinski. It's our third film of this guy's who, uh, man, can really just dip his toe into any genre. We already covered Mouse Hunt and Pirates of the Caribbean, two very different films from this. Yeah, and two movies on this show that we've given pretty decent reviews for. Yeah, high praise, high praise. Let's see if it continues. He's also uh, directed two of the Pirates sequels, Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, as well as The Mexican, The Weatherman, Rango, The Lone Ranger, and A Cure for Wellness which I think was the last time he really did anything horror-related, and that movie's a fucking trip, man. Crazy, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. ridiculous. So this one here has a 7.1 on IMDb and the exact same score on Rotten Tomatoes, a 71% from critics, only a 48% from audiences, though. Ooh, wow. Yeah, interesting. It cost $48 million to make. It earned $129 million in the U.S. and $249 million worldwide. It was a huge hit. Placed 18th on the box office charts domestically. Now, in terms of horror thrillers released that year, it was really only beaten by previous episode Signs. And it made more than Panic Room, Red Dragon, Blade 2, Insomnia, The Mothman Prophecies, and somehow Halloween Resurrection. I don't know how it did it. But it did. (laughs) Trick or treat, motherfucker. Oof. Ah. And um, this was a movie that stuck around for a while, too, because it only made $15 million its opening weekend, actually made more its second weekend from word of mouth, and then off to the fucking races. It just kept pulling people in week after week, and I I, pardon me for the Mm -hmm. horse pun there. We'll get into some horse death later on. (laughs) But until Stephen King's It remake in 2017, this was the highest-grossing horror remake in history. Wow. Yeah, and we mentioned at the top of the show how you had seen One Missed Call. Despite me being a fan, not a fan of these remakes, man. It was just a, a heap of trash, a barrage of, of remakes of Asian horror films that sucked from The Grudge, Dark Water, Pulse, like you mentioned, One Missed Call, The Eye, Shudder, Mirrors, The Uninvited. Not a not a good movie in the whole lot, in my opinion. No, not really. Now, this one here basically got made because Paramount and DreamWorks saw the success of The Sixth Sense and noticed a lot more people were enjoying supernatural horror thrillers. They were making more money, so they greenlit a sequel, or a sequel rather, a remake 
and they actually a- offered it to David Lynch of all people, which I Ooh, think would have been a pretty better movie. Good movie. Yeah, I'll, better movie. I'll admit to that. Naomi Watts plays the lead here of Rachel Keller. Had a huge crush on her, by the way, especially around this time, like this King Kong. And then when I saw mm. like clips of Mulholland Drive, <laughs> you know which ones I'm talking about. Uh, speaking of David Lynch, huge fan of her at the time. Jennifer Love Hewitt actually first offered the role, but turned it down. So, wow! Do you imagine this yeah. movie with Jennifer Love Hewitt directed by David Lynch? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, now, I want to see that. Uh, can you remind me? Was it Jennifer Love Hewitt you saw at a party and didn't say hi to? You fucking idiot. Don't, don't bring this up again. But yes, I, okay. I did see her at a party. I just want yeah, everybody yeah. to remember. It's I was respectful episodes. and I wasn't a weirdo. That I don't think that's anything to begrudge. Fucking that. nerd, dude. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we did state this movie, you know, for the most part, does have pretty good critic reception. But our boy Roger Ebert, not a big fan, honestly, on his show Ebert and Roper. Richard Robert gave the film thumbs up, said it was gripping, scary, despite some minor unanswered questions. Roger Ebert, though, gave the film thumbs down, felt it was boring and borderline ridiculous. <laughs> Ooh, who are we going to agree with, Brandon? <laughs> Stay tuned. Buckle up, Buttercup. Yeah. Mm. Long before the movie premiered, the killer video that is shown in the movie actually used as a commercial. The commercial did not mention any movie for nearly a month. It was just this fucking random <laughs> assortment of images, and they left you with that. So kind of good marketing, I guess. Yeah, solid marketing. Uh, although I do, it's interesting that you met, bring up the... Uh, the opening weekend didn't do as great as the subsequent weekends did because I didn't hear about this movie until word of mouth. Yeah. It was one of the biggest surprises of that year. So maybe the marketing wasn't that good. (laughs) Well, I guess it was in the end. And I mentioned that that DVD first DVD I ever bought because there was a fucking badass Easter egg on it. This was the first time I ever really discovered Easter eggs on DVDs. I remember if you touched up on the remote and then you hit the enter button, it would just start playing that tape like the creepy movie, kind of on a loop. And then at the end of it, it would fade to black, and then you'd hear two telephone rings. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, come I guess. on, man. That's cool. And lastly, um, it won some Saturn Awards, as well as an MTV Movie Award for Best Villain and a Teen Choice Award for Best Horror Movie. <sighs> okay, ignoring the Teen Choice Award, because that's whatever. You honestly threw an MTV Award for Best of Villain? What villain? The, uh, the little the girl, Samara. Yeah, she won. Yeah, she won. So so stupid. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's uh, I give this. I get I give the ring a zero. <laughs> you just want to get the hell out of here, man. Yep. I'm done, man. I want to go to bed. We'll finish this up. It's got a PG-13 for thematic elements, disturbing images, language and some drug references. Notice not a single mention of violence. So you kind of know what you're in for for a, a horror movie without any violence. It's going to be one of those enough, types yeah. of movies. Yeah. Yep. All right, dude. You ready to do this? Please. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh. God. Wow, that was embarrassing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'll cut all the fumbling out, okay? It'll be a cool a cool edit. No, leave it in. No, 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 no leave no. it in. <laughs> so I just want our viewers we, to know that he fumbled with that beer, and if he cuts it don't out, do he's this, a coward. Man, don't call me if out. If he cuts it yeah. out, he's a coward, and I'm going to go back on social media uh, every platform we have, I'm going to call him out for it. <laughs> this fucking guy can't open a beer. He can't talk to Jennifer Love Hewitt. He's a worthless co-host. I, you know what? We're on the search for new co-hosts here. Nostalgia be damned. So we open in Seattle. Two teenagers 
Katie Embry and Becca Kotler, played by Amber Tamblin and Rachel Bella. They're having a slumber party of sorts, Zach. All I could think of was uh, Scary Movie 3, by the way, in so many of these plot points. From this opening, where I think they had Pamela Anderson and Jenna McCarthy doing mm-hmm. a pillow fight, doing this exact scene. Yeah. But in this one, they're sort of mindlessly watching television at the start of this, talking about how watching TV destroys your brain cells. And it's like, way to really make your audience feel welcome, beginning your movie, telling them that the very act of what you're doing is making you more stupid. Leave me, yeah, leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, I paid money to see this gore. Well, I didn't, but yeah. (laughs) Until Becca asks, have you heard the one about the videotape that kills you? It looks like someone's nightmare, and the video ends with this woman staring back at you, then the phone rings, someone knows you've watched it, and they tell you you're gonna die in seven days. Seven days. Seven days. Katie starts tearing up because she's watched it. There was some mishap with a recording of some football game at a cabin they were staying at or something uh, that turns out to be this tape. Whoever fucked that one up. (laughs) By the way, you you did not have consent from the National Football League. You motherfuckers. We know what you did. FCC is going to be cracking down. Maybe you deserve to maybe you deserve to die in 7 days. First off, right off the bat, I love the idea of just this this urban legend. It's really cool and and honestly, I, dude, I forgot about what the fucking tape is really like about and the backstory of the ghost and everything. Like when you set this up, man, this is going to be an awesome cool like investigation into what this tape is and maybe some weird disturbing imagery thrown in but it turns into like just a depressing sad story of like what happened to this poor little girl (laughs) and and i you know what it's been i've been bottling it up i was gonna wait a little while until we got to it dude this is a ghost movie with the least amount of ghost i've ever seen I like I was I kept time coding it because I was like, when am I going to see the ghost? When am I going to see the ghost? When am I going to see the ghost? Dude, it takes like an hour for them to even mention the little girl, let alone see it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They keep setting you up for thinking something's going to happen, but it doesn't. So like Katie, like we mentioned, she starts tearing up because she says she's watched it. But then really, she's like, ah, no, I'm just joking because she starts like choking and shit. Nope, just a joke. She's just kidding. But she really did see the tape. Then the phone rings, but oh no, it's just mom. And then it's like the TV comes on, it won't shut off. I love the way this is shot. I mean, Gore Verbinski, obviously we've talked about this before in previous episodes, he knows how to move a camera, when to push in. Mm -hmm. He's obviously a master at like setting you up for this false scare, but then not doing what you're expecting. But he does it like four times in a row. He does, yeah, exactly. Like where he'll linger on like the door, and you know in your mind, like, oh, someone's gonna be behind that door when she shuts it, and there isn't, and it's like, oh, okay, and that's just like the next thing, and he mm-hmm. sets you up, and you're like, oh, okay, all right, it's not gonna do that. By the way, uh, green matrix like tint to this movie drove me up the goddamn wall. I hated it so much. It's literally green filter on every single shot. I'm not even kidding. It looks like the Matrix. It yeah. looks like the second Matrix movie. It's terrible. I hate it. <laughs> I was reading like they, they obviously color timed it that way specifically to give it this vibe. But mm-hmm. Gore Verbinski went so far as to shoot every character without ever trying to show a shadow. Like he didn't want to give any of the characters shadow or have shadows on their face. Everything's kind of like blandly lit like or flatly lit and so just to give like the appearance of like it being sort of dreamy and this weird subconscious vibe which again it it does have atmosphere i will give that Mm -hmm. it's very atmospheric but it does get a bit like suffocating after a while this like jesus christ more green oh dude man i just need a sun i just need one 
sunny shot. One hint of blue. But yeah, he's pacing out all these these scares. And again, some of it's a little too slow, but I like how he, he builds this the scare to one quick burst of energy. So she'll, she opens the door, the TV's leaking, and it's just this quick zoom in on her face as she's screaming. And there's this fucking weird siren sound, high-pitched thing in the background. And then uh, we cut. I forgot how much of this movie you don't see, like, anything, man. There's, like, two shots mm-hmm. of grotesque. No, dude, this, I mean, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. This is a horror movie with no horror in it. I kind of. I, I don't understand why I was it, so frightened by this as a kid. Because I, I liked slashers and all kinds of horror stuff. It didn't I, I, even. For some reason, and, though. And I, I just, maybe, I'll be up front. I hate jump scares, but it didn't even have any jump scares in it. It had, like, maybe two jump scares. Yeah, um, which, which, which again, I'm kind of fine with, yeah. Yeah, normally don't care. Like, yeah, cut out jump scares entirely, in my opinion. We've seen plenty of movies that don't have jump scares that are amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, nothing's happening in the movie. We meet this kid, Aiden, Aiden Keller. Introduced to him making some weird-ass drawings in, in class, some disturbing artwork course. in school. Gotta have course. one. Yeah, gotta yeah. have one. Yeah. We meet his mother, Rachel. This is Naomi Watts. And the kid, by the way, played by David Dorfman, this is the second time we've seen this creepy kid play a creepy kid because he was the creepy kid in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake with those That's fucking right. like, weird teeth in his mouth and shit. Thank you. Yeah, it took it. This is his second creepy kid appearance on this podcast. That's yeah. crazy. He had also go on to be the little goofy guy in Drillbit Taylor, your favorite movie, Zach. Stay tuned. Just kidding. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. Stay tuned. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, but you can tell he's just doing his best, like Haley Joel Osment impression here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's really trying to channel that character. Oh yeah, and I bet they told him like, "Watch the Sixth Sense. You're gonna be doing that." Yeah, because there are moments where he'll like whisper dialogue that is the exact cadence of Haley Joel yeah. Osment. <laughs> Every time I see a movie, though, with uh, especially a horror movie with like a single mother and her like mildly psychotic son, I always just like, man, I wish this was the Baba Duke. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that kid, though. Holy shit. Oh, my God. That kid you hope the monster kills. <laughs> yeah, man. I was begging for that kid's death. Yeah. Well, it turns out Katie was Rachel's niece, Aiden's cousin, and they were pretty close. So they go to the funeral. Another scene that's almost identical to the Sixth Sense setup where they're going to that, you know, that uh, Misha Barton's funeral or whatever. Yeah. Her, do- her mother, Ruth, who's uh, Rachel's sister, urges Rachel to, like, look into this, investigate her daughter's death. The doctors can't tell her what the fuck happened. Her heart just stopped, and her face got fucked up. Yeah, weird face. I love this. Honestly, this is one of my favorite. I mean, that's one of the only scares in the movie, but it's a great, like, visual. Mm-hmm. I saw her face, and it's just this, this fucking quick shot of... uh her fucking deformed head and the makeup on it's great and it like slumps down and there's yeah. that loud siren pitch thing in the back well this is what's setting the movie up to be amazing and, and yeah. it's so weird though because when you think back if i'm thinking nostalgically back to when i saw this all this time where these people are hyping up this movie talking about how scary it is in the first 10 minutes it's like yeah man i can see where this is going but literally that's an hour and 55 minutes long we're 10 minutes in the good part's over. We're not going to see another good thing happen for another at least hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> so at the at the wake, she chats with some of Katie's high school friends. <laughs> One of them's played by baby Adam Brody. I didn't see that coming, man. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. And what a shitty line delivery he gives. Whoa. I love Adam Brody, but he's I know. awful. He's, yeah, but he's terrible <laughs> in this. He's so bad. 
there's a lot of like people who show up in this movie that I'm like, oh my god, oh, Brian, shit. Brian Cox. Yes, we love Cox on this. Podcast. Forgot that there was Mad Cox in this movie. <laughs> and the co- and the Cox is great as always. <laughs> as always, man. But Adam Brody tells her about this tape that he also believes killed Katie's boyfriend. That guy supposedly killed himself the exact same night Katie died. So something's fishy, dude. Killed himself, dude. Yeah, she's gonna do some pretty good investigating here. Uh, you know, another. She's a journalist, dude. Yep, and she has carte blanche. Her boss is like asking her, like, t- literally straight up tells her, "You're fired," and she's like, "No, I'm not fired. I'm working on a pretty good story." And he's like, "What?" And she's like, "Go away." <laughs> yeah, you and I were both journalists at one point. Uh, I remember one story that I did. It was about a dog getting a massage at a animal shelter. Uh, not about tracking down the death of four people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not investigating this uh, death tape. I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'd need a little something. I, she just has a blatant disregard for her authority, her employment altogether. <laughs> you need a man. <laughs> well, she had one, man, and what a man it was. Well, you know, Hitch won't settle down. <laughs> exactly. Our sa- second female journalist that just needs to find a man. That She just needs to find a man and settle down. You work too hard. She works too much, and she's becoming a bad mother in the process. Wow, normally it's the bad overworking father figure. Yep, exactly. We're progressing 2002. Oh, well, yes, we're getting feminism. Somewhere. Yep, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Huh. She starts looking into it. She develops some photos of Katie and her boyfriend and their friends on this trip they took one week ago. And all of their faces in some of the photos look like they were run through. Do you remember that old website where you could just stretch celebrities' faces? Dude, I, yes. I spent hours on it. I, th- I can't remember what it was called, but it, literally, you, it was a picture, a fucking just a JPEG of a, some celebrity's dumb mug, and you just click and drag to like stretch the fucking face. Hours. That's why I'm so dumb. Yeah. That's where it started. Well, you know, that's what happens when you don't read. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this whole conceit where like it's purported that after you've watched the tape, you can no longer be like photographed or shown in on camera for whatever reason. Your your true self. It's like a weird like smudge on your face. Mm. It's a cool yeah. idea. It's just kind of silly looking. <laughs> I hope it gets explained. Nah, maybe we'll see. No, it doesn't get explained. No, no not at all. It doesn't get no. explained. There's a couple of things that like they look like they're not going to explain it. Yeah. And then they like shoehorn it in. Yep. <laughs> like And then other things they just leave completely unanswered. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Other things they're like, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> she travels to the shelter mountain inn where Katie recently stayed. She discovers the rumored cursed videotape. So she rents the same cabin as Katie and watches it. Um, how would you describe the video itself? The video itself is like the um the Willy Wonka tunnel scene. Yeah. Where it's just like random imagery, no real cohesive. I mean, it's honestly the scariest part of the movie for me because it's at least unsettling for sure. It's disturbing. There's a lot of weird, fucked up, crazy images. It's almost like a stream of conscious, just like Nine Inch Nails music video or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. I just started writing stuff down that I saw as like as it went through because it's just, Maggots, bodies writhing, horse eyes, millipede, spinning chair, lighthouse, mm-hmm. ladder falls, chair falls, ring, well, static. Good job. I mean, that's that's the mo- that's the tape. Come on, man, horse fly, water, blood. All right. 
Um, move on. Move on. Sh- I'm moving on. As sure as shit, as soon as it's over, the phone rings and a voice says, Seven days. What? <sighs> I said, Seven days? Seven. No, you're breaking up. The cell phone, the cell phone coverage in 2005 is terrible. Also, not explained like why a, a phone. It's just a silly way of contacting. When you're a ghost, mm-hmm. she can she can create images. We're later told, like just images into people, into fucking walls and stuff, and to contact the person via phone to say seven days For, just seems a phone call. weird, <laughs> strange. Yeah. Um. And again, like, what happens if there's no phone? And it, like, honestly. My phone's in the other room, Brandon. Who? How am I contacted right now? I mean, and again, they, they do kind of explain what if you just don't answer it? <laughs> like that kind of gets explained. Does it? I was not paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah, because you remember she deletes the message that it like leaves a message, which I was begging. I was begging for her to press place so that it was just like seven days. <laughs> she would have been leaves. so stupid. Wait, that's the best part though, is that you don't pick up the phone and the ghost is like. <sighs> that weird like moment of like silence waiting for you to finish your answering machine prompt hi it's becky i can't get to the phone right now please leave me a message and uh, your number and i'll get back to Fuck. you uh okay i love you bye <sighs> uh, seven days you get <laughs> so, yeah seven what? or the worst or- worst when it's one of those guys who's like hey you've reached brett and then you start talking seven but he's not here right now <laughs> <laughs> hey what's up it's brad just kidding, bro. Leave a message at the beep. Beep. The mailbox you've entered is full. Goodbye. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's a flawed delivery system here, ghost. For sure, ghost. Wow, we could have written. We could have written Scary Movie Three. Oh, I, I'm super. I'm super curious what that rings like. How they actually use modern technology in it. I mean, I'll never watch it, but I'm curious nonetheless. It's on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it, and I love that man. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So she recruits Noah Clay. Fucking name. Eight letters, his whole name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slash name's Clay. He doesn't even have a middle name. This is her ex-boyfriend. It's Aiden's father. Uh, and this guy's played by Martin Henderson. So she recruits him to study the tape because I guess he's into, I don't know what his job is per se, but he's just kind of into equipment, <laughs> like video equipment. I, I don't know what he does for a living. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I'd picture him being like a news cameraman, but he doesn't well, work Well, that's for what I thought. I thought he station. was a photographer. I thought he was a photographer, maybe like a stringer or a freelancer. Her, he's a night crawler, you think? Yeah, maybe. Definite night crawler, yeah. Yeah, he's a night crawler. That's but, cool. Better movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So he comes over, takes some pictures of her. And, yeah, does. you know, they realize <laughs> she's got the old stretchy face filter thing on and that freaks him out. This is really uh, irresponsible of her, in my opinion. She just like lets him watch the videotape pretty. I mean, without a fight at all. He's like, let me watch it. No, you probably shouldn't. And then he's watching it. And he's like, no, really, let me watch. It. OK, yeah, it's like having unprotected sex. She just passed the curse along to him. You know what I mean? It's like it follows. It follows. Yeah. Damn it. Better movie. <laughs> Oh, way better movie. That movie's great. Haven't seen that movie in a minute. Gonna have to watch it soon. So, like I said, he watches the tape, then gets a call, too, although he doesn't pick it up. So, that's when we get the little answering machine blinking light, and she just deletes it real quick. What if he gets a letter in the mail? (laughs) Dearest Clay. (laughs) By the time this reaches you, yeah. I mean, the U.S. Post Service, how how good is it? Yeah, I know. Thousands of unmarked ballots. Defund it. Stop the the count. (laughs) Stop the count. (laughs) Fucking I want to die. Uh, I hope I yep. get killed in seven days. <laughs> if the, yeah, who knows if we'll have like the election tallied by then? I don't know. 
<sighs> but this guy, Noah, what an asshole. He's like critiquing the video. Like he's just like, oh, it looks like some sort of student film. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very scary to me. <laughs> Didn't want your fucking opinion on the film, you idiot. <laughs> what do you think you are? Nostalgia be damned? Yeah, I was going to say, who do you think you'd be? Fucking make a podcast if you <laughs> yeah, want to talk about podcast, it. Nerd, fucking yeah. idiot, yeah. Oh, my God. But I guess the tape doesn't have any tracking information, Zach. They don't know how it got recorded. Okay. <laughs> but but uh, they do get interrupted by Abby from your parents' favorite show, NCIS. I did recognize her, Polly Perrette. You, oh, you were saying my parents, like, as a As in America's like, parents. Think, yeah. No. I was going to say, I don't think my parents watch NCIS. I, they definitely have watched ncis if they're a parent i'm not saying that they haven't watched it i'm not saying it's i bet they know every single one of the characters ducky i think he's a person on that show if i remember correctly from ducky yeah i think that's one of the characters no i think that's a character's name on ncis (sighs) you uh, if you listen to nostalgia be damned you have a patriotic duty to stop your parents from watching a show (laughs) where a character's name is ducky (laughs) And they take it seriously. This isn't land before time. <laughs> yeah, this isn't land before time. Anyway, yeah, Abby, whatever her name is, she's his girlfriend. That's all I was getting to because he's, you know, tapping some ass on the side. He's Noah Clay. How do you not get that? Look at him. He's made of clay. <laughs> made of stone, yeah. Uh, so we find out Becca, the other girl at the beginning of this movie, was institutionalized after seeing what had happened to Katie. So... Rachel then heads to the hospital to see Becca, tries to get some answers. This whole bit here, again, like you mentioned, it's like a solid 30 minutes of just investigating. Just investigating. Clue. Clue here. This was around the time I texted you, because every once in a while, Brandon and I will just kind of check in on each other about this movie. And this is the part where I was texting you. I was like, dude, nothing's happening in this movie. Like, nothing. Nothing's going on. She's like coughing up stuff. What What was that? Like she, a, some... Oh, she coughed up a chain? Did anybody else do that? Because it seemed like the girl who died at the beginning wasn't concerned about it until like the end of the seventh day. So she must not have been coughing up chains or getting grabbed by the ghost. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, she was making a mockery of it all. So I'm assuming she didn't have those same hallucinations. So why is why is Naomi Watts getting just because she's the protagonist? Yeah, she's she's on the poster, dude. Yeah. And she's hot. <laughs> sure. Okay. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She uses some tape deck shit at her work to get eventually like a photo of this lighthouse. She spots in between frames or something. I don't even know what's happening here, but I do really like the whole bit with the fly. I think that's clever. Like she sees the fly in the film itself and then like feels it on the screen, pulls it out. That's a cool bit. No, for sure. And like, this is where I thought we were going to get like maybe something scary, like maybe a hand reaches out and grabs her or something like yeah. that. No, we leave it at that. She pulls out the fly and she gets a nosebleed. Yeah, they're saving their load for the end here, man. That's for sure. Better be a huge load. Bro. <laughs> Better be a bukkake. Yeah, for as much time as we've you know invested in this. <sighs> you disappointed in me? I'm disappointed in us. <laughs> uh, anyway, it all leads to this woman named Anna Morgan who is a horse breeder from Moesca Island. I guess she committed suicide after her prize-winning horses drowned themselves. Eek. Horse suicide. Horse suicide is the funniest film element of this movie. I don't know how many movies can take that claim, man. (laughs) I do. Like, I'm going to have to look up horse suicide movies because... 
It's true. I don't think it's ever been done. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> because I am a horse. <laughs> oh so my stupid. god! Jeez. I hate us. So I, I think, I think we're on day five now. Dude, time is running out. This movie's going by so fast. <laughs> they are wasting so that. much time doing nothing. They literally don't get their shit together until like day seven. And even then they just start to the exact spot we started in. It's like sundown on day six where they're like, oh, what about this? <laughs> Noah is now noticing the same weird shit. Uh, he's getting nosebleeds. His face isn't showing up correctly in a monitor while he's shopping. And I think this is then the next day. And I, I guess this might be day six. I don't know. Aiden's watching the tape, and I'm sorry, even though this movie is one of those movies that literally spells the day out for you, Monday, Tuesday, in letters, I still had no idea what day it was or how much time had passed, because, again, I'll remind you, every shot looks the same as in, like, the the color temperature, mm-hmm. and it's always raining, because it's Seattle. Yep, always know? raining because we're in Seattle. Um, never, ever sunny. No. Ever. And, and every shot is just a green hue anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> It's like everything I hate about J.J. Abrams and his fucking blue f- lens flares, yeah. but just like green everything. <laughs> Let colors be color. Bold statement. I'll stand by that too. Hey. Thank you. Yes. You're brave for saying that, Zach. Yeah, thank you. She ends up leaving Aiden in her sister's care. She travels to Moesca Oh my God, Island. my son is going to die. Stay here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, take care of this little prick. She, yeah. she heads off to... Moesca Island to get answers. So at the same time, Noah goes to the psychiatric hospital to view Anna's medical files. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> while on board on this ferry, because they're on a journey there to the island, she is anyway, she tries petting this horse, and this motherfucker gets spooked and just breaks out of his trailer and fucking kills himself. Kills himself. Fucking Le- jumps off a boat. Leaps into the water and eventually gets run through the motor of the boat. And there's just blood <laughs> circulating outside. And the kids are screaming on. <laughs> I know, which is hilarious, by the way. Um, Yeah, the whole the only thing I was thinking was because she goes up to this horse and the horse is like very clearly like, eh, get away from me. Yeah, fuck off. So why doesn't she just fuck off? She keeps going back. She's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> It's like you see those, the, the, I can't remember what cartoon it is. Maybe it was like Family Guy where this this girl is like petting Brian too hard and you just go, stop, stop, too hard, gonna bite, gonna bite, gonna bite, and eventually bite. Like that's, that's basically her with the horse. Stop, stop, gonna kill myself, gonna kill myself, gonna go kill myself. <laughs> Jumps into the fucking- <laughs> Right into the water. It's pretty awesome, dude. The water through the engine yeah, of the, like- the boat. Clips his legs on like the <laughs> the deck there or whatever on the hey, side. You know what? Rolls down. It looks this, really good. And this sad. movie, this movie only has a body like a human body count of three, and one horse. <laughs> and I gotta say, out of the three human deaths and the one horse death, horse death is probably the coolest death in this movie by far. Yeah, by far. When she gets to the island, she tries to speak with Richard Morgan. And his widower uh, about Samara, who's his daughter, but he claims that girl didn't exist. Basically, tells her to fuck off. It's our boy Brian Cox. Fuck off. <laughs> We're Cox fans on the show, dude. Oh, love Cox. A pro Cox podcast, almost up there, I'd say, with the likes of legends like the brothers Paul, Dano, and Giamatti. Oh, I thought you were saying Jake and Logan. <laughs> 
you, dude. No, Giamatti. Just kidding. What's We're, the deal with I'm Paul just, Giamatti, yes. by the way, dude? What is the deal with Paul Giamatti? Uh. Almost the name of the show. Um, <laughs> but no, this is a big Cox podcast. Noah and Rachel both kind of separately discovered that Anna had an adopted daughter, Samara, who possessed some sort of ability to like physically etch mental images onto surfaces and into minds, which I guess eventually led her parents to go fucking crazy. It just drove them mad. How how and why? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Never explain. No, not really. I mean, we understand what led her to, I guess, want to cause harm, but there's no explanation of why she was that way in the first place or anything like that, which, I mean, fine, whatever. I don't care. I don't know how Danny shines in the fucking shining. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever. But at the same time, I need I need a little something, something, I think, to like put this all together. Did they adopt a demon child? Like, what happened? Yeah. What was her what was going on before she got to them, I guess? Noah ends up heading to the island after finding out that Richard was the last one to check out this tape, which had Samara's like medical tests or something, I guess. So then Rachel goes back to Richard's house, just starts rifling through all his shit, finds that tape, starts watching it, which, by the way, stop watching blank VHS tapes. What? <laughs> don't don't yeah, do this to yourself. It just has fucking uh, illegally copied NFL games. <laughs> <laughs> and on the tape, it's just Samara. She's got like this white medical gown and super black long hair. Uh, and again, it is kind of an iconic look. I, I can't give them much credit for it because, again, it came from the night. It's a remake, Japanese, yeah. Yeah, film. So they do pull this off anyway. I like the way she looks. And this, of course, I didn't know, but this is uh, Davi Chase, I think her name is pronounced, also known as fucking Samantha Darko, Donnie's younger sister, who actually got that movie to herself, S. Darko, which I never watched. Never anyway, even but, heard of it. Even bigger surprise, she also voiced Lilo. I uh, Lilo, I'm sorry. She's Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> 2002 was a fucking huge year for this chick. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, she was all over the fucking place. Good yeah, for her. Crazy. When Richard discovers what Rachel's doing, he fucking punches her to the ground. And then he heads back upstairs to join his horse friend. He fucking kills himself in a bathtub with like a horse mm-hmm. bridle or something. Just as Noah arrives. So for those of you keeping track at home, that's two suicide. One by horse, one by Brian Cox. <laughs> one by horse, one by Cox. Yep. Uh, <laughs> one by ghost. Um, and so that's it. So. I just want to remind you. I mean, there's several off-camera. There's several off-camera. Are there, though? Well, all these kids that supposedly died, you know, from the videotape, we don't see them. That doesn't count, though. No, you're you're right. You're right. You're talking about on-screen deaths. We're talking about gory ghost movie deaths, and we've only had, what, what, an hour and a half in, and we've had one ghost death? Yeah, but we had that sweet horse suicide. Do you remember the horse suicide? The horse suicide carries this movie, Brandon. (laughs) So where are they? So they go to the barn after Noah arrives. I guess this is where Samara was isolated in this loft. We sort of begin to pick up on images pulled from the tape. Like we see the mirror and the ladder and the chair, all this shit we've seen before. So then you start to piece together that, yeah, this really does seem to be like either a home movie of like assembled images, or these are the images that she pulled to then like imprint on this videotape. And if so, mm-hmm. Why? I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, just like that, it's day seven, though. So Yeah, we made it to day seven. And for some reason, they're like, well, let's go back to the cabin. Right, because I think they find that tree underneath the wallpaper, that burned image of a tree, Mm -hmm. and she recognizes it from Shelter Mountain, so they head back. And then once they're in the cabin, they find find this uh, stone well hidden under the floorboards. 
which was the final image on the tape. And boy, Audi, is it like a convenient way of how they find it? Because Noah starts throwing a fucking tamper, temper tantrum, just start throwing Dude, stuff around the room. this is the, the worst. We gotta fucking try something. <laughs> he just starts out. breaking everything. And there's like marbles in a vase and they all collect in this like dipped area of the floor. I love watching bad actors have to like have physical meltdowns. <laughs> like if only this had been Nick Cage. You know what I mean? Oh, that would have been legendary. He's one of our nation's greatest actors, so I don't know what I don't get the comparison. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I Well no, I'm saying I'm saying watching him freak out would have been amazing. Whereas watching this guy freak out sucks. It's <laughs> laughable. It is actually kind of laughable. Honestly, I got a few laughs right out of this scene here. <laughs> they rip up the floor with an axe. They try dropping shit down this well to see how deep it is. And like the I love the images of like the nails coming up from underneath the mm-hmm. floorboards. Like the, there's water rising almost within the house and in the out of the TV. <laughs> but dude, I laughed so hard when that TV collapses through the floorboards and hits her, and she gets fucking thrown into this well. It's like a, yeah. it looks like a Three Stooges gag. It's super funny. <laughs> it is. It's very funny. Um, but again, this is another part where I'm like, yes, finally, we're gonna get to see the ghost. Negative kinda. Ghost <laughs> yeah, kinda. I don't... No, negative ghost rider. You don't really see the ghost. So she tumbles into the well. Noah runs outside to get this hose, I guess, because his idea is maybe to like fill up the well with water. And, <laughs> and he he's does running back and like <laughs> he does Jurassic Park too. Whoa, <laughs> Rachel, uh. dude, fuck this guy. <laughs> While he's gone, the well gets sealed shut on its own, and Rachel gets this vision. And we finally sort of figure out what happened with Samara. So Anna suffocated her with a trash bag because of her, I guess, her just mental illness. She wanted a daughter more than anything, but decided to kill her for, again, real reasons unknown other than we're meant to believe that she was just crazy. I guess they're going to chalk it up to that. Yeah. She throws her down the well, sealing her inside. And that's what the ring is. It's just the light that's passing through the top of this well cover. And so her corpse resurfaces Rachel like holds her and then the corpse sort of like rots away or disintegrates, I guess after she's held maybe by like a mother's touch. I'm not quite sure what's going on. <sighs> Dude, I, le- I legitimately thought this was the end of the movie I, and I was so angry. That's the thing. Cause he's setting you up for one of those typical movie endings. There's the flashing lights of the cop car and them like wrapped in blankets as the ambulances leave. Noah of mm-hmm. course thinks it's over and he's like, he gives a line like, I can't imagine being stuck down in a well that long. How long do you think you'd survive? Seven days. Which, you know, I, this made me so angry because I was thinking the entire time, first of all, why does she want to kill people? Why is she waiting seven days to kill people? Why has this ghost chosen the act of videotape and phone call? Like, what is the motivation behind that? I don't know. So to have that stupid, like, shoehorned, well, you can survive in a well for seven days. First of all, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. And you're just surrounded in your own piss and shit. It'd be an yeah. awful existence. Second, it's just so the way it's delivered is just like, dude, you guys weren't going to explain this. And then test audiences got pissed at you. Don't even fucking pretend. <laughs> and again, like, I like bits of this. Like, I like how they're maybe using the images that she saw while in this fucking hellish childhood, how it's 
portrayed in that weird, creepy, nightmarish video. But at the same time, it just deflates the the mystery surrounding the legend and all this stuff. Like when you find out what it is, it's it's just more heartbreaking than horrifying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like this this girl was 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 abused and like yeah, had psychic tortured. powers or some shit, and then. I don't know. It's just not nearly as exciting or as creepy or disturbing as what it sets it up as. And so in my opinion, it's just kind of a letdown. Yeah. But it's not the end of the movie. No, no, it's not. So she picks up Aiden. They head home. She showers. They can finally rest. The evil is gone, Zach. So she reassures Aiden, hey, the curse has been lifted. I liberated Samara. And he's like, Wait, why the fuck did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Don't help her. Why did you help her? Revealing not only is he still cursed, they're all still cursed, and his fucking nose starts bleeding. But back in the apartment, we finally get, I mean, the scene of the movie, in my opinion. I think this is what anyone who's seen the movie remembers. Mm. And honestly, someone who hadn't seen it in 15 years, like myself, thought there was more of this in it. (laughs) So did I. I thought this happened like three times in this movie. It happens once. At like the very tail end of it. Yeah, and it's quick and like the you know, the end result you see for literally like three frames of what actually happens. But getting ahead of myself, so Noah's TV turns on suddenly, there's some static, the tape starts playing again. But this time it's just the shot of the well from the end. And for the first time we see her slowly emerge from the well, her black hair is kind of obscuring her face. She walks toward the camera, toward the audience. And then the TV starts leaking water and she crawls straight out of the screen. I remember th- watching mm-hmm. this moment in theaters and people like fucking screaming. And like, this was one of those moments that like yeah. people cheered and like, holy shit. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, you said it, it's the moment of the movie. It's the best, best part of the movie. Uh, and it would have been great had it been happening at the minute, you know, at the hour mark maybe or the 40 minute mark instead of the hour and 50 mark out of this hour and 55 minute runtime yeah i I almost wonder if it kind of tricks you into thinking it's more horrifying than it is simply by being one of the only like scary moments in the movie like you've waited so long finally here we fucking go you ever had a a sandwich brandon where the bread was the best part of the sandwich (laughs) because the beginning of this movie is sweet uh the end of this movie is sweet the middle of it is fucking bland baloney. <laughs> I just love the all the way this is shot, the way that how she's like still glitching as if she's still inside the TV. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah, she looks very cool. And we get that same push in on Noah as he starts screaming, and uh, Rachel arrives to find his disfigured corpse in a chair. Although we don't see his face right now, we just get her screaming. And by the way, what a fucking scream! What a mm-hmm. set of lungs! Great scream! Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so she heads home. She sets her copy of the tape on fire because she's just in hysterics, pissed off. Like, what did I do differently? What? Why is this happening, basically? And it's, I, I guess I really never picked up on this as a kid. I just kind of thought the movie ended. I really never understood how this ended. Yeah, I did not. I didn't understand it until now. Because I, I was wondering, maybe it was because she showed her some sort of affection in the well. She was one of the first people to like solve the mystery of it, so they were gonna, you know, let her go. But no, it's basically because right she realizes that the reason she didn't die when all the others is did is because she made a copy of the tape, which Aiden watched, thereby continuing, I guess, the cycle that this ghost wanted to spread of like duplicating the video and showing it to someone else to save oneself. Yeah, so it's like it follows. Like, if you don't want it to kill you, you got to give it to somebody else. 
Sure. Or yeah, Final Destination where you got to like someone else has to intervene in order for it to skip you or this or that. Or yeah, Does that happen a, in Final Destination? Oh, you remember, dude? Yeah, if you intervene in someone's death, like death skips you. I uh, remember because he pushes him out of the way at the end there and he's like, oh, I just saved your life, man. And then the billboard comes down. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, yeah, Final yeah. Final Destination. Well, 20 we, years ago. We did. <laughs> did we not do that movie on this podcast? Oh, oh we did, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember. It's a blur. <laughs> Yeah, that was literally, literally, Zach, years ago. <laughs> yeah. Didn't like that movie either, if I remember correctly. Oh, man, I'm a big FD head. Maybe we'll do the second one sometime. Anyway. No. She then has Aiden make a copy, and I guess we're left with Aiden just like, what happens to the person we show it to? And then we cut to black, dude. Quick cuts to some horse eyes and static and rings, and that's the end. That's it. That's uh, that's the ring, man. 2002 ski. That's the ring, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I don't really know how to. Cause I can't say I'm not disappointed. I can't say I'm not disappointed. I, I was really hoping that this will, because this has been touted even still to this day as not only like the best Asian horror remake, which I I will stand by. It's probably still is. It's still well. The when the bar, the is, bar set is that low, the bar is sure. Low. But also, people purport this to be like one of the best horror films of the decade from 2000 to 2010 and i just don't know if i can agree with that anymore after watching it again i i think that it is it is expertly made we fucking we've mentioned it so many times gore Verbinski, he's a great director it looks good the sound design's great i wish it wasn't colored so green and the atmosphere wasn't so suffocating because it doesn't it, it adds i guess to the, the to the mood that they want but it honestly just gets kind of depressive in a way that's not fun for a horror movie or at least this concept mm-hmm. that they're going for and honestly, that's where I'm most let down is like the urban legend surrounding this is so fucking cool and it le- has such like tantalizing possibilities. And for what you're left with when you find out how it all ends up, it's just pointless. It's disappointing. It's disappointing. It's a well-acted horror movie. And I think that honestly, the few moments of of uh, scary material, if all cobbled together, <laughs> maybe it's like three minutes, three or four minutes. Like this is mm-hmm. just kind of a, a dull movie, but it's not a bad movie. I, I don't think this is a bad movie. I think this is a movie that if you had nostalgia for, I don't know that it's worth going back to. I think you can probably just live with those like middle school memories or whatever, however long ago this was and wherever you were in that point of your life, you were probably in a more innocent time. <laughs> and so I think it just probably played better. We've had so much more since then that this just doesn't hold up as a ghost story, as a even a PG-13 horror movie. It's just good enough. And so I'm going to give it, it had a 71. I think that's too high, but I, but I think it's like a 63. I'll give it a 60. Mm. Well, you're going to be a lot more nice to it than I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, it is expertly made. It looks, you know, it's shot very well. There's definitely some disturbing imagery in it for sure. Um, but as a movie, yeah, man, I've ne- I don't remember this movie being so, so bland. It's a ghost story without a ghost. Maybe that was good enough back in 2002 when this movie came out that those maybe two scenes where the ghost actually kills somebody was enough to hold you over. It's definitely not now. Um, yeah. I think rewatching this movie, if you're nostalgic about it, um, I, I wouldn't recommend rewatching it. I'd recommend going on YouTube and looking up the last clip. Yeah, or maybe watching the original, which we haven't done. <laughs> right, or watch the original, which we haven't done. Um, 
but yeah, man, it's it's just boring. There's nothing really going on. I don't find any of the characters super likable, so it's not like I really am rooting for anybody. And no point do I feel like anybody's in danger, and that's kind of the inherent issue with this plot device that you have seven days before any danger because 90% of the movie is taken up by seven days of, like, you're fine. I, I, and no point do, you know... Do you feel like there's danger lurking around the corner like you do in a typical horror movie where they could walk into any room and something bad could happen? It's just not going to happen in this movie because they've promised you it won't. <laughs> so it, I think there's some problems with it that just the movie inherently has because of its plot. That said, I feel like there could have been a lot more done with it. Just add more characters spread it out you know what i mean and i'm almost curious if the sequels in the soft reboot do that um because i feel like this movie could have been done so much better and would have been better if we had that last scene spread out several times throughout this movie you just never see the ghost and i think it's really boring um you know i didn't have fond memories of the movie to start it, i definitely didn't have my mind changed i'm gonna go ahead and give it a 40 i think it is made fairly well but that's it man i just i can't i can't stress how bored i was in this movie and i probably won't ever watch it again yeah it reminded me of two movies i think that also both came out in 2000 that were like ghost stories one of them i really liked the others the one with nicole kidman and then the other one was do you remember what lies beneath did you ever see that one with harrison ford yeah it kind of reminded yeah. me of that one which where it's like it's almost like a lifetime movie yeah it's just it's just so soap opera attic almost in its uh structure that it, it kind of just feels like two movies put together that i don't think just blend the best i don't know yeah man i is it a mystery is or is it a ghost movie pick one yeah pick a lane but you know what? hey we got two horror movies in in a row zach that's all i asked for man <laughs> Yeah, uh, and that's all you're going to get until October of 2021. If we survive, dude. <laughs> well, we're taking a fucking 180 next week. Boy, howdy, are oh, we ever. are we <laughs> ever. Uh, before we get there, did you have any anything you watched over the last couple weeks? Uh, two things that I can mention. Uh, the first one, really quick, I'll keep it simple. Uh, watch the new episode of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Um, you know. It's fine. I think The Mandalorian is one of the best Star Wars things that's come out in recent memory. Oh, it's um, fucking gotta be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I love The Last Jedi, but um, but yeah, it's, you know, Favreau does okay with it. I am noticing, I'm starting to notice a little pattern, and I hope it changes up <laughs> because I've only seen one episode of the second season. Okay. Um, but it's it's very much like feels like an rpg video game where it's just like he goes to a new town and they're like we have a problem can you help us and he's like okay <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the the pattern of this show and i kind of hope it changes but that's how you do star wars without luke skywalker or the jedi or anything like that sure yeah. you know it's just it's it's well made and i give him credit for that um so that's that's how i recommend that if you haven't seen the show the other one dude and we've talked about this, so sorry if I'm stealing it from you. The Borat sequel, dude, I loved it. I loved the Borat sequel. I thought it was really good. It's crazy to me that he was able to pull that movie off in general. And, you know, while it's not as shocking as the first Borat movie, because I don't know 
you know, that movie opened a lot of eyes to how fucked up this country can be. Um, now we have Twitter. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, everyone says that shit every day. It's far less shocking, but I still am impressed with, how, first of all, how he gets into some of these places, how, frankly, how polite people can be to someone who's clearly fucking with them. Yep. And second, what he gets people to do and say in front of TV cameras is astounding. Looking at you, Mayor Giuliani, looking at those fucking weird rednecks and looking at that guy who like at a father daughter gathering is commenting about how much money he would pay to have sex with Borat's daughter in front of his own daughter. Like (laughs) it's gross. It's astounding how fucking weird and gross people can be and how he manages to do it. I think that movie, while maybe not as funny now, and there's definitely some immature humor to be found in it. I I think it's a really interesting study of this, of culture. It's, it's crazy, man. Um, so if you haven't seen it and there's some really nice touching human moments in it too. Yeah. His daughter um, played by Maria Baklava or something like that. Yeah. She, she's great. Like genuinely she's fantastic. Great. Yeah. She's fantastic. And there's a couple of pe- genuine people he meets, um, that I remember tearing up at one point. Like the, yeah, the girl when in the he's synagogue. In the, yeah. The synagogue yeah, scene yeah. had me almost want to cry. Yeah. Um, so you know what? Give the second Borat movie, Amazon prime. Um, I recommend yeah, pretty good, honestly. I would recommend it as well. The only other one I watched in between here was a new movie called Spree, which came out this year. It had it's got Joe Keery from Stranger Things, and it's a mm. it's like a found footage movie about this kid who's been on trying to be on YouTube and Instagram and just his whole life he was just born with it, and so he's just trying to do that, but no one watches his shit and no one like interacts with him. So like nostalgia be damned, like NBD, dude. Uh, but yeah. he. But he then like twists it and starts to uh, live stream like this this entire lesson, which is what he calls it, over like the course of a night in L.A. where he just like equips his car. He's using an app called Spree. It's like Lyft or Uber. And he just like equips it with cameras and kills every passenger he gets. And it's just like takes place in one night and all the how his social media influence starts to grow and go viral. Yeah. Dude, it's like American Psycho for like the, you know the Instagram generation. Again, not nearly as good as that movie, but honestly, sure. I haven't seen a found footage like movie like this that I've liked in a long time. It was it was really well put together. Honestly, I liked it. I love that concept. Yeah, um, pretty solid. All right, all right. So, Give, what's that on? Uh, I bought the as again. I bought the Blu-ray. So Ooh, I bought yeah. the Blu-ray. Come on, dude. I'm sh- <laughs> uh, I love buying movies. Stop it, random. dude. What is this? I know I don't have next week's selection. Thankfully, it's on oh, Disney Plus, though. Thank God, because I would not want to buy it. We are watching. I can't even remember the year, Brandon. Ninety-seven. Um, Ninety-seven. Holy fuck! We are watching 1997's <laughs> Air Bud. <laughs> Had to happen sometime, man. Oh my god, I'm gonna watch this with my dog and then teach her out of poop, dude. If Phoebe starts slamming buckets, Duncan, dude, she'll get even cooler. In my it's head. a shooter's game now, Brandon. So, I'm... <laughs> and she doesn't really have the height, so she's gonna be Seth Curry. She's gonna be dropping dimes. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie I, I honestly I probably haven't seen in 20 years at least. Like, probably I was gonna say probably haven't years. seen. Probably have not seen since 1997. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've watched this since I broke double digits. <laughs> you know, I don't know. 
Dude, I can't wait. Yeah. I think this I don't anticipate it being good, but I what anticipate it. What if it is? Having, what if it is? I, I've been shocked before on this podcast, so maybe I don't know. Maybe Airbud is good. Oh gosh. Well, if you want to check out our previous episodes, every episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, you can do that on nbd.podbean.com as well as wherever you get your podcasts. So, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. I heard Google Play is not a thing anymore. Really? Yeah. Oh, don't look it on it there then. It's probably not there. I mean, yeah. It's on iHeartRadio though. It is on iHeartRadio and they should give us money. <laughs> um You can also interact with us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also have an email, which I can't remember because I'm very tired. <laughs> NostalgiaBeDamnPod at gmail.com. Yeah, I knew that. Um, <sighs> you see how much I check it. Brandon checks it like every day though, right? Last week, you surprised me by actually getting it correct. Blew my yeah, mind. thought I was going to get it right this time. I did not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, check us out on that. And then, of course, always, please, 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 Share this with a friend who you think might like our stupid uh, movie humor. And as always, rate and give us a nice review. That always helps. We'd love to start doing more stuff, but we need freaking support. It's true. If you want more of us and if you want you know, us to not continue to take these hiatuses where it's like, eh, we'll get to it when we get to it. We got to have, you know people who are going to get mad at us for not seeing an episode in their feet. Yeah. yeah no. it's, honestly, these, no these long stretches, <laughs> these long stretches are on you guys. <laughs> we blame you. We hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Time to end this episode. Like we end every episode with an attack on the audience. <laughs>